You are listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, where we take a closer look at each session and prepare you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. Hey, Drew Dixon, back with you for another Leader Training Podcast for Explore the Bible Students. I'm the editor of Explore the Bible Students at Lifeway, and uh, we're in session seven of our fall study on Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, and this week we're starting the book of Colossians, which is exciting because... Uh, man, this book is full of powerful truth about who Jesus is and then what that means for our lives. And I think if there's any sort of like key thing Paul would would have us know about Jesus in this book. It's this, he he's king. He's king over absolutely everything. That includes you, me, that includes your students, that includes spiritual forces, that includes um, anything we might be afraid of, that includes... Um, all the the different competing human powers in this broken world, you know, nations, peoples, um, ideas, like he's king over everything and he's in control and he's going to establish his kingdom. He's going to reconcile all things to himself. So he has a plan to redeem this broken world um, and he's king over it. So it's good that he's king too, right? Because um, if I was king over the world, like the world would be subject to my brokenness. Um, if I was king over the world, like I might have some good ideas, but I'd also have some ideas that would really cause problems and, and wreak havoc. And, and Jesus is the good and perfect king. He is king and he reigns in a way that's good and beautiful and promotes and promotes true flourishing, promotes true justice. Um, so um, just want to kind of get that out of the way. But um, yeah, let's jump in and talk a little bit about this session. This session is called Redeemer and King. Again, this is session seven, and our central truth is Jesus is king over all and offers reconciliation to God to those who trust in him. Once again, we see, just like we did with Philippians, Paul opening this book, um, which, by the way, is a letter written to a church who Paul doesn't know on the same level that he knew the church at Philippi. This is a different sort of relationship that he has with this church. But one of the first things he does for this church is, is, is pray for them. Verse 9, For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, of God's will, and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience joyfully giving thanks to God the Father who enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his, of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. Whoa, that's a meaty prayer, right? There's a lot going on there. But I think we can just stop and sort of say like, hey, Paul, when Paul prays for people, these are the kinds of things he prays. This is kind of, this is not that far off from what he prays for the church in Philippi, but Paul's focus when he prays for other people is for their spiritual well-being um, he and for their spiritual knowledge and understanding. But it's important to know the type of understanding and knowledge Paul wanted them to have because it's possible to have this type of knowledge and understanding that just stops at knowledge, and that's as far as it goes, right? Um, you can know a lot about um, all kinds of subjects, but if that knowledge doesn't impact how you act and live— um, like you could know a lot about medicine, uh, but if you're a doctor and you don't incorporate what you know about medicine or about biology in the human body, if you don't if you don't incorporate that knowledge into how you treat patients and how you operate and um, and the kinds of medicines that you prescribe and those sorts of things, then that knowledge is is useless. And um, you know, I think 
in Paul's day, there were certainly plenty of people that knew a lot of truth about the Bible, but then that truth didn't necessarily inform the way that they lived. Uh, that's not what Paul prays, pays for this praise for this church, is it? He says he wants them to walk. He prays that they'd be filled with spiritual wisdom and understanding. And by the way, wisdom is the right application of knowledge. But he, he prays these things, that they'd be filled with knowledge and wisdom so that you might walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God. So one of the things we touch on in the leader guide that I think is worth um, giving some time to is the give, me, give an answer note on page 66. But it asks this question of how can we know God's will? This is something your students think about, particularly your older students, but even some of your younger students. Like, is it God's will for me to be on the soccer team or to um, try out for the dance team or um, you know, to, to be in the band? Or is it God's will for me to date this person or that person? Um, you know, for your older students, does God want me to go to college? What college does he want me to go to? And we're always trying to figure out God's will for our lives in those kind of terms. Um, Paul, I think, here would challenge us to rethink that a little bit. Let's focus instead on what we know about God's will. Well, one thing we know about God's will with a passage like this is that he wants us to grow in our knowledge of him. Let's focus there on something that we absolutely know from God's word to be his will. Um, but there's lots of examples you could point out to your students. We know God's will is for us to love our neighbors. For your students, they know it's God's will for them to submit to and respect and honor their parents. Um, so that's that's a key area of like obedience and growth for every teenager. Um, help them embrace those because as we walk in step with Jesus, who is king over absolutely everything, I think a lot of those other things will become clearer. We'll have a clearer vision of like, okay, would going to this college bring glory and honor to God? Uh, would going to this college help me to, um, you know, could I go to this college and get a degree that would help me love my neighbor better, you know? Um, those are things we know to be God's will. We know those things to be in line with who he is and what he's about. Ultimately, this passage is about the fact that Jesus is king over absolutely everything. Let's let that shape how we live, how we think, how we operate. And as we do, um, I think some of those other things will, will come into proper perspective. But let's get the first things first, right? Does that make sense? hope it does. Uh, we'll see you again next week as we continue our study of Colossians. And uh, before too long, we'll be into Philemon. And um, yeah, I, re I really hope you enjoyed this study. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast where we equip you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Spotify. You can also find the podcast on ministrygrid.com.